0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Coffee and Convos. I am your host, Liz Bullard, and today we are going to be talking about African American and Latino studies. And uh, for those of you who don't know, in Connecticut there was this legislation passed that this was going to be something mandatory that schools had to do as far as um, having curriculum and things for African American and Latino students, well, for all students to partake in. And to discuss this, I have Amari here, so thank you for sitting with me. No problem, And so what, tell me um, if you want to share what school, but like what grade are you in? Uh, I'm a senior at Sacred Heart High School. Congratulations. So you'll be graduating this year? Yes,
1: ma'am.
0: Fun. Do you know where you're going to school? Uh, Not yet. I'm Um. looking
1: forward to making the decision very soon.
0: Awesome. That's very exciting. And this subject, I have so many thoughts and feelings on this subject because for me, I loved Black History Month when I was at school. Um, I during elementary more so during when I was in eleme, ele, when I was in elementary school, um, and I was at a predominantly white school, but they really celebrated the whole month as far as teaching us about African American, whether it was inventors, explorers, and it was really an opportunity to learn about um, African Americans in history. So, kind of uh, educate me a little bit and tell me what does not only Black History Month in school look like, but just as far as the exploration of African-Americans look like in um, school right now?
1: So for me, I went to a predominantly white school mm-hmm. my entire life, mm-hmm. uh, starting from first grade to my senior year now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every year at my uh, elementary school and middle school, we actually did a project mm-hmm. so where like we got to learn about someone that was important in black history Mm -hmm. or in black culture. I mean, we always learned about someone new every year. And I mean, our teachers made it interesting because they wouldn't let you do the person that you did in previous yeah. years, and they would always like give a list of restricted people that you can't do. Some of the most popular people, such as Martin yes. Luther King and stuff like that. So you actually have to go and find someone that's a, a person that could be unknown or someone that's not talked about a lot in the black culture. So, I mean, that was really interesting. And in uh, high school, I mean, I kind of see the same thing, but minus the project part, we kind of just have a lot of discussions about black history and how black history affects us now and today. So, I mean, that's really important at my school, Mm -hmm. and it's important to really do cultural stuff, uh, because we have different heritage months and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, and we really promote certain cultures uh, at my school.
0: And I think that's interesting, especially you mentioning you go to a predominantly white school, and again, I remember when I was going to a predominantly white school, I felt like the exposure and the need to explore African Americans who were not popular, like, those unlike Martin Luther King or Rosa Parks, was really enforced. And then when I came over to Waterbury, it was kind of lost. It was almost like there were so many other things that the teachers were trying to get as far as curriculum and things like that, that it was overshadowed. And I don't think there really was anything special as far as each month or each heritage or something like that. So um, what do you know so far about um, this legislation from the state? Or do you know anything about the legislation from the state that is being enforced? So I don't know a lot about the mm-hmm.
1: legislation from the state level, but mm-hmm. I do know that a lot of information is being brought up in the water barrier in the city level mm-hmm. and the local level uh, to start implementing black and Latino studies. Uh, into their curriculum Mm -hmm. and i have spoken with some board of education members Mm -hmm. and they're looking at kind of putting forth the curriculum to start as soon as Mm -hmm. possibly in 2021 so i know i won't be a part of that because i will be graduating but i'm looking forward to know that they're still making the effort to start implementing that for the future Mm -hmm. generation and future classes
0: and something that i neglected to, to bring up in your intro is that you were very active in the community um, especially as a NAACP member. So can you tell a little bit about um, the NAACP youth and some of the things that you would do? So the
1: NAACP youth uh, is a fairly new organization to the city of Waterbury. We are shy, under two years old. Really? Uh, yes, ma'am. With
0: how active you guys are, I really thought you were longer than that.
1: Uh, yeah, we kind of do the work that we see the community needs, and we kind of just uh, put forth the effort that we see and we kind of do the work that we do because we believe it needs to be mm-hmm. done so I mean we came up with the idea to start the youth council just two years ago mm-hmm. uh, we started advertising it and it just was a major jump like mm-hmm. that so many people decided to join because they felt that there was a real reason that there was a real cause and I mean it wasn't that hard to find the amount of people that want to do, that we needed to join because mm-hmm. when you know that there's an issue you're going to want to join Absolutely. the cause and, I mean, it's all started from there. And we actually won the national award for the best youth council in the nation. I saw that. Congratulations. So, uh, thank you. Thank you. We appreciate it so much. So, yeah. Some some past events that we've done were, like, uh, mo- we're helping with minority teacher recruitment mm-hmm. and going to board education and fighting civil rights, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And some things that we're doing uh, in the future, some college preparation for the education mm-hmm. aspect of the NWCP because it does focus off of six game changers. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're kind of focusing on youth engagement and mm-hmm. uh, voting rights and stuff like that this past year, although we worked on different uh, game changers in the past mm-hmm. years. So, I mean, right now we're kind of trying to get youth civil engagement going right now.
0: That's awesome. And also kind of going back to what you're saying about um, you're working on um, get, recruiting more minority teachers. Um, one thing, I was reading an article about the African-American and Latinos um, predominantly, I think it was specifically Puerto Rican studies and African-American studies. Um, They were talking about teachers and paying for a salary and things like that. The article also mentioned that some of the smaller towns were concerned about this bill because of lack of resources. So do you think that um, that might be an issue, finding or recruiting teachers?
1: I think that Finding or recruiting teachers is an issue that we face now, mm-hmm. but I mean, I also feel that we're not looking in the right places. Mm. Because there's a lot of Latino and black uh, mm-hmm. teachers graduating colleges, mm-hmm. not necessarily in the New England area, but uh, further down south or further north. Mm-hmm. So I think if we start broadening our resources and looking for teachers in other places, I think it'll be easier for us to find and get teachers to come to Connecticut or New England.
0: Mm-hmm. So that brings me to uh, my next question. So one thing I like to do on Coffee and Convos is have like a question for the week that I hope you and others would kind of engage with and share their perspectives. And so the question of the week is who should be teaching this? I know there's been some conversation around should it be a black teacher? Should it be this person? So in your opinion like what should this who should this person be? Who's qualified to teach this?
1: I mean <coughs> honestly Uh, In my eyes, I think if it's Latinx or uh, black studies, Mm -hmm. I think it should be students that actually attend college to study that because that is a major or a minor that many students actually study at historical black college universities and even at PWIs, they have it. So, I mean, those kind of students that are actually going to college to study that information and to study that text, I think those should be the people that are qualified to teach this because they're going to school to know this information. So, they're going to know it, and certain people have experienced this situation and they know people that have experienced it so I think they could teach it from a different kind of perspective.
0: And I can appreciate that perspective of not just saying well they should just be black or just be Latino or or whatever because I think like you said there are people that go to school specifically for this who have a passion and you know I think about again when I was a kid and going to school and it was predominantly white and I didn't have a a, a black teacher but their passion for it was inspiring for me as an African-American child and so Even more, I think it would be amazing if, you know, I had a teacher who had went to school specifically for that and had really got a chance to explore it. Um, As far as curriculum goes, because I know there's also this search for whatever this curriculum should be, Um, have you had any thoughts or conversations around what you would like the curriculum to be if you were taking this course?
1: I mean, I have taken similar courses to Mm -hmm. this very issue, and I know that, that, that purposeful curriculum that we took it kind of really broadened my perspective because I learned a lot of information about my own culture Mm -hmm. and the Latin culture that I've never even understood or heard before and it kind of opened my eyes to certain situations and it opened my eyes to just see how certain things that we see in day-to-day society really goes back and Mm -hmm. represents what our people are going through in the past, and it represents certain things that our people have done in the past, and that kind of really broadened my perspective to see a different way.
0: Interesting, interesting, interesting. And I think that's an important part of it, too, is um, culture. Because I think of, like, I think it's very different when you learn about a person versus your culture. And, like, when I started taking psychology classes and learning about human services, that's when I really got to dive into culture as far as African Americans go rather than these historical events that happened. Mm. And I hope that into these studies that there is something about culture versus just this conversation about, well, this is who this person, this is what they did, and so forth. Um, Another thing that I had uh, read in regards to this was... um, the, um, oh, what was it? The, um, there was some kind of um, hesitation from law- lawmakers. And yes, there was the funding. But I think the other hesitation, that's what it was. It was about, this was not a mandatory course. That it's going to be an elective. So even though the state is mandating that this is taken, or that there's a curriculum, it can be an elective. Any thoughts on that?
1: I mean, I think that, We should start with an elective Mm -hmm. because Certain electives, I know me being a senior, when I was a junior and hearing about how electives worked and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and it's a choice option. I think that giving people a choice to take the class is better uh for right now, but I think that it should move on to furtherly be mandatory and be a mandatory class Mm -hmm. because history is a mandatory class. Mm -hmm. I think that this class should kind of be history uh mandatory. But I mean giving students a choice to really take it first is I how I feel the best approach because I mean people that really care and you're gonna get the people that want to know Mm -hmm. versus People that are like, dang, I just have to take this class. I don't really care too much about it. So I think like the people that people are going to be more invested to it because they made a choice to take that class, and you have that option, and that shows that you want to know and you want to study that.
0: And I think that's a really interesting perspective because I think it's one of those things that can go either way. If it's an elective, and you know, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I need to take um, this mandatory class or like this other elective that might look better on a resume, but I really want this. So in that regard, I'm like, if it was mandatory, you would still get to have, take this African American studies, but this elective that you might want for college. But now on the other end, I also feel that with it being elective, if people don't sign up, I feel like legislators might see like say that this is not important or um, the students don't want it. So, do you feel like they might kind of use this as a way to take it back? To kind of be like, hey, see, we tried this, we didn't like it, and then take it back? I do
1: feel that. I definitely feel like they're pushing this as a test trial. Mm -hmm. And I think that they shouldn't go without that. Because there are certain restrictions that, or certain things that really... uh, are mandatory for students to do. Exactly. And, I mean, there's certain classes that definitely do look better on a college resume. So you can't really base it on this time trial and you can't really do it like that. It's just like, it can't be a hit or miss kind of thing because this is an important topic or an important thing in the school system. So I think it's really important that how we go about it. And I think they had to go about it in a smarter way. Although the, in my eyes, the election is the truth, but I think the way that they're going to comprehend the uh, the. The elective mm-hmm. or how they take the elective is going to be the true point.
0: And you know, I do. I hope that um, this is a good first run. But if anything, you know, like sometimes your friends are not in the class, so you don't want to take it. Sometimes you just don't like the professor or the teacher. So I hope that this really goes well. But at the same time, I feel like there's a lot of like pitfalls as well. Yeah. But um, I do. I hope that this really gets to be a mandatory course so that they can really see. Um, how impressive that this can be yeah i'm
1: definitely pushing for it to be a mandatory course Mm -hmm. because i think that it's very important for us to Mm -hmm. know about this and Mm -hmm. even if that fails i think it's very important to continue fighting the fight to have it as a mandatory Mm -hmm. course because it's definitely going to change a lot of people's lives i think it's changed my life uh me taking the class that i took through the ungroup society that Mm -hmm. changed my life so i think like implementing it to -to day-to-day school lives is going to change a lot of other people's lives
0: well thank you mark for sitting with me you are very um an informed young man. Um, Your mother has taught you very well. I am very happy that you're in the community working with NAACP, and I look forward to what you and um, your group is going to be doing. So do you want to let anyone know any events or things that are happening in February?
1: Yes, ma'am. So thank you. The NAACP thanks Miss Liz for giving us this opportunity. Uh, the NAACP is always looking for new members uh, from 8 to 21. We're always open. Our doors are always open. You can be in contact with me, Amari Brantley at 203-600-3524 and you can also get in contact with my email address, uh, Amari Brantley2020 at gmail.com I'm welcome to answer all your questions and our doors are always open. Uh, for some events that we're looking to hold Uh, on january 18th we have our men with the purpose mlk service if you guys get this message in time uh we're having about a lot of mentored men and a lot of mentored women or a lot of mentored youth that are just going to come and we're going to bond and we're going to kind of talk about the ways that society are going and mental health because we did lose one of our our members in the nwcp so we're kind of focusing on mental health at this time right now uh and in february we're having our women's service uh i could get back to this absolutely to talk about that i and will having. post it
0: um in the link when this is posted definitely
1: and we have a lot of conferences and trainings coming up so that we can come back and bring our community some
0: information that they need to know thank you and definitely when you guys go to these conferences and you want to get the information out please think of me sit down and we'll have another conversation engage people um, with that thank you all right thank you very much